Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. Last week we looked at the parable of the sower. And in that parable, Jesus tells a parable about a sower who went to sow some seed. And that he basically sowed seed, and the seed went among four different areas, four different types of soil. And, of course, the disciples wanted to know what he was talking about, so he explained that the seed and the sower is the person who sows the Word of God, and that the soil is representative of hearts of different types of people. And so what we looked at was just a brief overview of the different hearts that exist. And so today and for the next three weeks beyond this, we're going to look at each particular heart. And why is it that people respond to the gospel? Why don't they respond? And why do some respond? And so today we're going to look at the darkened heart. And and really it came out of Matthew's passage. In Matthew 13, Matthew writes concerning the words of Jesus, When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is the one who received seed by the wayside. This is the darkened heart. But what we're going to look at today is Paul's going to almost parallel to that over in his letter to the Corinthians is going to give us a little bit of understanding of why people's hearts are darkened. Why is it that they can't see God? Why is it that they can't grasp what God is saying to them? Because a lot of you sometimes are frustrated that why aren't people getting it? And it's not because they're thick. It's not because they don't have a clue. It's because they can't see it. It's because their hearts are darkened. They can't understand what you're saying to them. And you're frustrated, and you're ready to give up even talking to them about it because they can't see it. And so what I want you to see today is the darkened heart. So I want you to notice with me, we're going to look at the first six verses of chapter 4 of 2 Corinthians. Notice what the Apostle Paul says. Therefore, since we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we do not lose heart. But we have renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ who is the image of God, should shine on them. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves his bondservants. For Jesus' sake, for it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Before we understand the issue of the darkened heart, we're going to see one issue here, and that's the issue of the mission that you and I have, that he has. Then we'll look at the reality of the darkened heart, and then we're going to look at the message 
that Paul has, even in spite of the fact that there's darkness out there in people's hearts. So I want you to notice with me, first of all, the mission. Look with me at verse 1. Notice what he says there. Therefore, since we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we do not lose heart. Here's the point he's making here. Paul is saying that he persevered because of Christ's ministry. Because of Christ's mercy. He personally persevered in his sharing with others. Why? Because God was merciful to him. Somebody shared with him. So many of us, we, we, we just don't want to share because we know that you're going to be, we're going to be rejected. And maybe you have been rejected. You know, one of the most difficult things is when your family rejects you. It's like, how do I reach my family? Or when your friends reject you. Oh, there goes so-and-so. He's, he's gotten religious. But Paul, even in spite of that, he wanted to persevere. Notice what he says there, verse 1. He says, we do not lose heart, even in spite of obstacles. And let me explain something to you. Yeah, you're facing some persecution, but you're not facing what he faced. So what do you mean? When you think about what he faced, he faced people throwing stones at him. He faced people trying to kill him. I don't think anybody here has had that happen. But he said, we do not lose heart. That was his mission. He was going to share with others Christ's mercy because Christ was merciful to him. Then I want you to notice something else about his mission. Look with me in verse 2. Notice what he said, But we have renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by the manifestation of truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. Here's what I want you to see. This is, the, what, this is a very important point as we think about our mission. And that's this. He lived what he believed. He renounced all those other things. He lived what he believed. Now you say, why is this important, George? Well, can I be honest with you? We live in an interesting age today. And it is really interesting. People really have a negative attitude towards Christians and Christianity today. They don't want to have anything to do with Christians. In fact, the first thing that will come out of their mouth is, is that Christians are hypocritical. Next thing that will come out of their mouth is, is that Christians are judgmental. They think they're morally superior to everybody else. And you know what? They're right. They say, what do you mean they're right, George? Not the hypocritical thing. You know, we've heard that for years, haven't we? How many of you have heard that all your life, that you've, you've heard that for years? Okay, but the reality is, is that they're right, because the fact of the matter is, is we live the same way they do, we make the same type of decisions, we're engaged in the same sinful activities as they are, except for one thing, you're here at church. They're home either watching a game or snoozing. And so when you talk to them about your Jesus and about how He's going to change your life, they're going to look at you and say, hmm, what change? You're just like me. When you face a difficult circumstance, you act the same way I do. The only difference is, is I'm not believing in your Jesus. 
Now here's the Apostle Paul when he recognizes the mission that he's sharing because of the mercy shown to him and he's going to persevere no matter what the difficulties are. Let me just stop for a moment. It's It's going to be difficult. You're never going to be accepted. So just accept that. But the point is, here's what Paul said. I renounced those things. I lived what I believed. Let me ask you a question. Could it be that the reason why people don't accept Jesus around you has nothing to do with Jesus but has to do with you? Could it be that the reason why, you know, yeah, they see you come to church and you're here for your hour, but then they watch how you talk about other people somewhere else, or they watch how you dress down a waitress or somebody at Walmart, and they watch how you you do this and you do that. They watch the French language that you use. But yet you love Jesus. And they say, why do I want that? Paul believed it. Paul believed it. And that was his mission. He persevered, sharing, and he lived what he believed. He lived what he believed. But then Paul tells us there's a reality. Here's the reality. And you and I have got to come to grips with this reality because the thing is is that all of us here, how many of you like to be rejected? Raise your hand. You just like people to flat out not like you. Nobody here. Everybody, how many of you like people to like you? Now raise your hand. Everybody likes people to like them, right? But the fact of the matter is is not everybody's going to like you. Not everybody's going to like you. And if you're living for Jesus, let me just explain it to you. You're going to have people who aren't going to like that. I'll never forget the story. The story is about Billy Graham in his younger years. He went golfing. He was at an invitational tour or whatever. And he went golfing. And there was this golf guy, a well-known golf guy, who golfed with Billy Graham. And they got back to the, the locker room. And the golf guy came in there. And he threw his clubs down. He started cursing and saying, Oh, that Billy Graham! You know, and he just really upset. One of the other golf pros said, wow, was Billy hard on you? What did he say to you? The guy quieted up and said, he didn't say anything. He was just acting, reacting to his presence. See, you're going to have rejection. That's reality. The reality is, is that there are people out there whose hearts are darkened. They're dead. And they're not going to accept what you say. And so I want you to notice what Paul says here. Look with me in verse 3 and 4. But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. Here's the reality. First reality is this. People cannot see it. People can't see it. What is so obvious to you, other people can't see it. It is amazing to me. People will read this book, and I've heard interviews, and people will read the Bible, and they'll say, I've read through the Bible, and it's just a book of sexism and murder, and and, who wants to serve a God like that? But when you read it, you see something completely different, and you're wondering, like, man, are we on the same planet? What version did you use? And the reason why is they can't see it. 
Listen, the reason why they cannot see what you are trying to tell them is because they're blind. Their hearts are darkened. They're not going to see it. And so there you are. You're beating up on yourself. Maybe I didn't use the right words. If I only had George with me that time, maybe we could have made some sense with him. Or if I'd only done this, or if I only, if I only said that. And you know, can I be honest with you? You know what? Even if I was there, if his heart is darkened, it doesn't really matter. He's not going to see it. He isn't going to see it. And that's the reality that you and I need to see here. And here's the reason why. They have been blinded by Satan. See, my friends, I need you to realize something, and this is a reality here. Most American Christians no longer believe in Satan. They believe that he's a personification of evil, but Satan as a literal spirit being who who is destructive, who is the enemy of God, and who hates you and I. Most people don't believe that anymore. But whether you believe it or not, the fact of the matter is, is he's very real. And the fact of the matter is, is that he is seeking to destroy people. And the fact of the matter is, is that he doesn't want people to come to the gospel. He doesn't want them to see the truth of the gospel. Because notice what Paul said. Because if they could see, notice what it says there, verse 4. Lest the light of the gospel or the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. So that, you know, they would understand and come to salvation. He doesn't want them to come to some salvation. And so he's going to blind their eyes. See, you and I have to wake up to the reality that when we share with others, that they may not be seeing it because their eyes are blinded. Their eyes are blinded. And they can't see it. It has nothing to do with you. because there's a spirit being who hates them, who hates you, that is blinding their eyes. In fact, let me just stop for a moment. Make me a point here. I've got to make a point here. Now, I'm actually going to make two points. First point is this. You say, well, you know, I've got a loved one that can't see, George. They're not getting it. How do they get it? I want them to get it! I think you need to start praying specifically. And here's how you pray. You don't pray, oh God, save them prayers. You get a little bit more specific and here's how you pray for them. You say, God, their eyes are blinded by this enemy. By Satan. Lord, open their eyes so they can see it. Because they can't see it. Open their eyes. You start praying that way. Now, that doesn't guarantee their eyes are going to be open. But my friends, what I'm going to tell you is, is you can start recognizing that you're in a battle. What did Paul say in Ephesians? For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and spirituals and powers of the air. We're in a spiritual battle. So you need to start praying specifically, God, open their eyes so they can see it, so that when they see it, the gospel will shine on them and they'll respond. 
My friends, he is blinding the eyes of people to the truth. You need to wake up to that reality. Now, here's the other point I want to make, and this is a good point, because he can blind... Let me just stop here. We're talking about the blindness that he causes. He can blind the eyes of a believer. Say, so how can he do that? Ephesians chapter 4 says this, Be angry and sin not, nor give place to the devil. So you could be here today and you're blinded and you don't even realize it and it's because of anger that you haven't dealt with. And all that does is just cause the Satan to give him the opportunity to blind your eyes to God. See, that's the reality. That's the reality that we deal with here. But I want you to notice, even in spite of that, Paul goes on and in verse 6, he goes on and he tells us that the message is still the same. Even though they can't see it, we still proclaim the message. So I want you to notice with me. Look at what he says in verse 5. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves His bondservants for Jesus' sake. For it is God who commandeth light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of of Jesus Christ. Here's what I want you to see. My friends, here is the message. The message is Jesus. Could it be that people don't comprehend what you're talking about because the message you have is something other than Jesus? Reading a book this morning was talking about a guy who was talking with a Christian about seeing this fellow who had ear piercings all over his face and a lot of tattoos. And this guy was actually appalled by the Christian's response. He says, well, you know, I'm not going to judge his character and, you know, there's obviously reasons why he's that way, but it must reveal something deeper in his life. And this guy was appalled. This Christian writer was appalled that that guy would even respond that way to assume that there must be something deeper on the inside of that guy for him to have that many studs in his face and have that many tattoos. And then he went to point out that 40% of all male young people in our country today have tattoos. Did you realize that? 40% of all young people today, young men, in our country today have tattoos. And then he said, are you telling me that every one of them has got some kind of deep hidden angst going on in their life? We're missing what the message is. And is it any wonder that people don't want to have anything to do with Jesus because we're so focused on other stuff? See, the message isn't what political party you vote for. This is election year. The message isn't clean up your life. The message isn't all this other stuff, the message is pure and simple, Jesus Christ. It's not how you dress. It's not what you listen to. It's Jesus. And Paul said, even though they can't see it, we're going to keep preaching the same message, and the message is Jesus. That Jesus died. And He gives grace to those who don't deserve it. That's the message. All the other stuff, it gets lost in the shuffle. If anything, if all the other stuff 
It confuses the main issue of Jesus and nobody wants to have anything to do with Jesus today. Nobody. Then he goes on and he says this, and this is the point that you and I need to grasp. This will set you free. You need to grasp this reality as you share the message of Jesus, and only Jesus, as you share the message of Jesus. In verse 6, he tells us this, that only God illuminates hearts. It's only God who illuminates hearts. It's not you. So let me set you free here right now. You're sitting there. You're beating up on yourself. You're down on yourself because, man, you didn't use the right words and they just can't grasp it. You've got to recognize it's only God who is illuminating their heart to the truth. Not you. Quit beating up on yourself. You just keep being faithful. You just keep living for Jesus. Live what you believe. Communicate Christ. And you let Him illuminate the hearts around you. You let Him illuminate the hearts. He'll do it. It's not about you. It's about Him. It's about Him. Say, okay, George, what do I do with this? Three things. Number one, you've got to ask yourself, first of all, the condition of your heart. What is the condition of your heart? Maybe you're sitting here today and you're listening to me and we're talking about the gospel, we're talking about Jesus, we've sang songs about Jesus, we've sang songs about the Lord, we've we've gone through this passage, and you're like, man, what are you talking about? I can't get what you're saying. then you need to hear what I'm saying right now. The fact that you're not getting it says something about your heart. And you need to be concerned. Because you can't see it. And someone's blinding your eyes from seeing it. What's the condition of your heart? Maybe you're here and you are a Christian, but your heart is not is darkened because, remember I mentioned the issue of anger is one issue. could be other issues. could be sin. And Satan has used those things to blind your heart right now. So, you know, really it's not an issue of whether or not you're saved. It's an issue of is your life darkened right now? Because you've given Satan a foothold in your life. Oh no, you belong to Jesus. But you've allowed him to wreak havoc in your life. You've allowed Satan to wreak havoc in your life. And you just can't see it. And so that question, what is the condition of your heart, really has meaning for you. Ask yourself that question. The other question I want you to do here, and this is for believers here, and and this ties in with what we're talking about here, and that's this. Have you given up sharing your faith? Have you given up sharing your faith because you've been so frustrated because the people that you share with, they just don't see it? Have you given up faith? First thing, I'm going to make a couple points here to maybe help you. Maybe the reason why they don't see it is because you've got the wrong message. And I'll be honest with you, the message isn't vote Republican. 
or Democrat or Independent. That isn't the message. The message isn't clean up your life first before you come to Jesus. But so many have that perception. Where did they get that idea from? It comes from us. It comes from us. Because we don't accept them for where they're at. They've got to change to be able to come in here. There's a problem. There's a problem. And the problem ain't with Jesus. The problem is with us. This book I was reading was talking about a, a Christian singer who did a free concert for a church in Southern California. And it was free a free youth outreach where they would invite everyone to come and they were not going to charge any admission. And so he sang. And so that night he noticed that right before the concert that they were turning people away at the door. Turning people away at the door. And so he thought, oh, they must be, maybe they had some costs overrun and they maybe had to end up charging people. So he went down and said, look, whoever wants to come in, I'll pay their way. And the youth pastor said to him, oh, well, wait a minute now. We're not charging anything here. He said, well, why were you turning those people away? He said, and quote, I don't want to infect my youth group with those people. Listen, have you given up sharing your faith because your message is wrong? And so your message is not just your words. Your message is your life. In fact, your life speaks louder than your words. And if you live a life that doesn't accept people for where they're at, it doesn't matter what you say that comes out of your mouth. They're not going to have anything to do with your Jesus. So the question is, you need to grasp the reality. Are you giving up sharing your faith? Because maybe your message is wrong. But the second point I want you to see here is, have you given up sharing your faith because you failed to recognize that we have an enemy that blinds the eyes of people? We have an enemy that blinds the eyes of people. And then final, here's the, finally, here's the thought. Recognize that God is in control. He's the one who illuminates hearts. He's the one who opens your eyes to what's real. He's the only one who can give understanding. It's not how eloquent you are. It's not how manipulative. Listen to me, wives. Listen to me. I'm going to tell you something. I feel for some of your husbands. We say, well, they're, they're not saved. You're right, but I feel for them. Because you're nagging them. You're beating on them. You're manipulating them. Trying to get them to come to church. We say, isn't that what I should be doing? I mean, they need to know Jesus. My friends, listen to me. You ain't going to do it that way. In fact, you need to read 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 1-7. to It talks about living your life out before them. That is the witness. Not your nagging. And I feel for them. I feel for them. I've talked to them. You've got to recognize that He is the one who's in control. He is the one who illuminates. And maybe instead of nagging, you should be praying and saying, God... Open their eyes. Open their eyes. Let them see Jesus in my life. Open their eyes. And that's reality. That's the reality.
Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.